Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you. 
Thank you that we can come today on your day and worship you in spirit and in truth. Be with those that are here today, those that are on the podcast. Uh, we ask that uh, as uh, Pastor Stephen Wanda return to the United States, be with them. Amen. Guide them as they uh, uh, back in uh, the States and uh, uh, his service uh, to you. Be with Wanda and the medical treatment that she will receive back there. Guide and protect us. Guide this church and all the members in it. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, good to see each of you here today. And uh, George is telling us, us that we're going to have uh, more come in as we get started, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, so, ready? So, anyway, we're glad that you're here, and uh, we welcome the uh, Bothmas back. 
today have been gone. And yeah, Freddie's been gone. So anyway, we're glad all of you are here this morning. And I uh, hope you'll uh, be blessed by the services that, that uh, we have and, and uh, worship in spirit and in truth. Uh, one of the things that I want to mention this morning... Last week, uh, I wasn't able to go to the Tuesday market. Now, that may not be something the church wants to continue to do. But if you do, we need volunteers to uh, come and uh, man the table and uh, be there to meet people. And uh, so uh, uh, the Bothmas will have the uh, bag and, and uh, uh, things to put on that table. And so, uh, anyway, you, you talk to them about it after today and uh, uh, let them know anytime that you are ready to uh, help with that. And I think it's a good ministry. I think it's something that uh, we've benefited from. Some people have uh, seen us there and come to church, and uh, I think that will continue to happen. All right. Uh, you may have noticed we're missing some pews back there at the back, right? Well, they're all scooted up toward the front. We don't want any backseat Baptists today, right? <laughs> but uh, hopefully we're going to have more come in. If we do, we can borrow chairs from uh, Chopsticks and uh, fill the rest of that in back there if we need to. But we still got several places to sit up here as well. And uh, so, uh, Frank, would you come and tell us about our sick ones? Morning, everyone. Morning. I haven't really heard anything about uh, Austin. Um, I definitely need your prayers. He's going through a rough time right now. I'm sure. Um, obviously, there's been some issues. I'm, I'm assuming he's back in the hospital, so he definitely needs your prayers. Uh, as you can see, Penny's back. So, uh, yay! And she had a, and she's telling me she had a lot of grace there and back because she hates to travel. And she was traveling basically just with her son. She didn't have me to chaperone her, so <laughs> it was difficult for her. But she had a lot of grace there and back. So praise God for that. Good. Thank Good. you. Yeah, and pray for Wanda that she'll have grace to go where we need to go tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other prayer concerns? I might mention that uh, I haven't heard anything more from. Rennie, uh, about Austin, I have written her a couple of times since she wrote me and, and uh, told me that he was having a hard time, and uh, I haven't heard anything from her. And uh, so uh, continue to pray for her. I don't know how Austin is. Uh, hopefully he's doing better. We're going to be praying that he is better, and uh, I know you are too. All right. Any other thoughts? If not, let's continue with our songs. Let's stand. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, Lord, on
continue with our studies of the things that Jesus had to say in Matthew chapter 24 we're actually going to be reading from second Tim second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 today and we'll get to that in just a moment and hopefully you'll understand why we're doing that and what we're doing But 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 13, 
is telling us about some things that are going to happen just as Jesus comes back. These things are going to happen. Let us listen. Beginning with verse 9. It says, The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's workings with all kinds of false miracles, signs, and wonders. And whether every unrighteous description among the, those who are perishing. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth in order to be saved. For this reason, God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe what is false. So that all will be condemned. Those who do not believe the truth but enjoyed unrighteousness. But we must always thank God for you, brethren, brothers, because by the Lord, because of the, uh, from the beginning, God has chosen you from, for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today that we have the privilege of being here in your house, addressing you as our Lord and our Savior, our King. I pray that you would help us today that we might understand some deep truths as we study the Scriptures, to know something about your coming again. Help us to trust you, believe you, and give forth the warning to those that don't know you. I pray your blessings today on this service. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of the things I think that all of us need to keep in mind is that Jesus is coming again. He is. Now this coming is going to be after the coming of the lawless one. In other words, the lawless one, the Antichrist, we know him as, is going to be here on this earth before Jesus comes again. Before he comes in power and great glory. We'll look at that more as we get on with the message today, but the Bible makes the fact of Jesus' second coming very clear. It's contained in all the scriptures. Let me give you just an uh, example here today. There are 1,845 references to His second coming in the Old Testament. Now, I didn't go back and count those. I'm taking somebody else's word for it. But that's a lot, wouldn't you say? I could have just said, oh, there's a lot of Scriptures in the Old Testament that tell us about that. There are a total of 17 Old Testament books that give prominence to His second coming. Not His first coming, but His second coming. Of the 260 chapters in the entire New Testament, there are 318 references 
to the second coming are one in every 30 verses in the New Testament. Now again, I didn't go back and count these, but uh, there are 23 of the 27 books in the New Testament that speak of the second coming. Something that's very important, wouldn't you say? For it to be mentioned, for it to be talked about, for it to be presented all this many times in the Scriptures, Old and New Testament. For every prophecy on the first coming of Christ, there are eight prophecies on Christ's second coming. This was an eye-opener to me. The second coming of Jesus is a hot topic today. But it has been from the very beginning, from the very time that Jesus was here on the earth, and even predating that, the disciples asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, it says, While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Three different questions the disciples ask as they approach Jesus in this Mount of Olives discourse. And remember now, they're sitting on the Mount of Olives and they're looking at this great temple there before them. Now it's not Solomon's temple, but it's magnificent. It's Herod's temple. And it's very beautiful. Huge. Magnificent. And Jesus had just told them not one stone is going to be left on the other. It's going to be torn down. And that's the first question they ask. When is this going to happen? And that's the first question he answers. And we know from looking back on history that that happened in 70 A.D. It was something that was quickly going to come about. Now he's speaking about 33 A.D. here. Remember? And so less than 30 years away, no, less than 40 years away, get my math right, this destruction of the temple is going to take place. And most of the individuals that were there listening to him as he spoke, we're going to see that happen. But then they ask some other questions here too. And it's not related to that. Now some people during that period of time, as they saw the temple destroyed, they thought that Jesus was going to come again right then. How many times have people thought that Jesus was going to come right then? You remember in our Bible study this morning, most of the disciples, if not all of the disciples, thought that Jesus was going to set up His millennial kingdom right then. And that was one of the things that discouraged Peter because he wasn't seeing that happen. He had studied the Scriptures he knew the Scriptures. And he thought he knew how things were going to be done. But he didn't. You see, they couldn't see the second coming from the first coming. 
as Jesus came to this earth. As we think about Jesus speaking to them and giving them news, and this was news, He was telling them something that they had not understood before. He was clarifying how there was going to be a period of time between His first coming and His second coming. He was going to go back to the Father. And they were going to have to wait for that event of His second coming. Now, I think all of them, after Jesus went back to heaven, thought that He's going to come in my lifetime. But He didn't, did He? But, He was giving them news. Now, I'd like to ask you this. How many here today trust the various news sources without question? You hear something on the news? Do you trust it? How many of you believe our mainstream media has a slant and a bias as they give the news? They don't see the world the way we see it. And the events reported are given, given with that bias. Now that's not my main message today. I'm just saying that we can't believe everything we hear, right? Some people have the idea if it's given on the news, then it must be true. <laughs> must be just like that. Now, if you understand that, I've got a news flash for you. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to get worse. Jesus even tells us that what we call fake news today is going to be on the increase. Notice Matthew 24, verse 23. He says, If anyone tells you then, look, here's the Messiah, or over here, do not believe. Fake news, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this is the third time here in Matthew 24 that Jesus makes the warning. Look at Matthew 24, 5. He says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. Fake news is all around us today. We understand that. However, there's one thing that you can believe. And that's the Word of God. Amen. Most of us hold it in our hands, don't we? Do you have a Bible with you this morning? Some of you have gotten used to reading it on the screen and you don't even bring a Bible with you. Bring a Bible. Check it out. Make sure I'm saying the right things. Make sure John's saying the right things, right? <laughs> when I'm not here. Make sure it's truth. Make sure it's from the Bible. Everything I hear and I see, I process by the Word of God. For lack of a better word, 
I'm going to call it a biblical worldview. We need to have a biblical worldview. We need to check out everything in light of the Scriptures. Because the Scriptures are much more important than what someone's saying on the 6 o'clock news. As time grows closer to the end, the truth is going to be harder to find. Jesus warns us, if someone tells you, here's the Christ, don't believe it. Matthew 24, 24. He says, false messiahs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders and lead astray, if possible, even the very elect. Take note, I've told you in advance. We must question everything. One of the things we find from the Scriptures is that Satan can perform miracles, signs, and wonders from our viewpoint. Now, they're really not miracles, but they're going to look like it. Have you ever watched a magician? Have you ever watched things that seemingly that they're doing? Some have even made the Statue of Liberty disappear. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. <laughs> but you see, people are able to be illusionists. They're able to do some things that fool you and make you think that they're doing one thing and they're actually doing something else. Now that's who Satan is. He's an illusionist. He's fake. But he's going to make people believe that he's working miracles and having genuine signs of godly activity. Notice verses 9 and 10 of our text. It says, The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working with all kinds of false miracles, signs, and wonders. And with every unrighteous deception among those who are perishing. They perish because they did not accept the love and truth in order to be saved. Didn't accept the love and truth in order to be saved. They're lost. And they're going to be deceived by Satan's miracle workings. The things that he's going to come and do on this earth. And I don't believe it's going to be very long until He's here. In fact, He may even be working His so-called miracles in the world today. He may be. They're going to be led astray by signs and false wonders because they rejected the truth. Because they're not saved. Now, you're saved. An individual shouldn't be led astray by the things that Satan does. Verse 25, the very next verse there. It says, take note. I have told you in advance. 
You see, he's told us that these things are coming and that Satan is a liar and the father of it. Nothing he does is truth or truth. We need to judge everything. How do I tell you that we need to judge it? By the biblical worldview, by the scriptures, by the word of God that we can read and know. Notice again, Matthew 24, verse 26. So if they tell you, look, he's in the wilderness, don't go out. Look, he's in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. You see, there's going to be false Christ, false messiahs, false reports, of Jesus' returning. And it's going to increase as we get closer to that day actually coming about. Even in our own times, we've seen some false witnesses being led astray by claims of the secret coming of Christ. A group of people in 1914, in fact, supposedly saw the appearance of Jesus and they have secret knowledge of God that the rest of humanity doesn't have. Do you believe that? As I was growing up, we had a term, hogwash. You ever heard that? It's not true. The coming of Jesus will be of such a nature that all are going to know it's happening. All are going to see it. They may not want to, but they're going to understand this is Jesus coming. He's here. And all they need to do is open their eyes and see that it's there. It's not going to be secret. It's not going to be hidden. It's not going to be something that they can't understand. It's going to be understood by every individual that lives on the earth. Notice Matthew 24, verse 11. He says, Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. You think Jesus is trying to tell us something here? Many false prophets are going to rise up and deceive many. People are going to believe that Jesus has come when He didn't come, when He hasn't come. More and more, I believe that we need to question everything we hear in the world. But especially if somebody's trying to tell us about Christ's coming, and they've got the secret lowdown on how it's going to happen. You know, I know how it's going to happen. I know because God tells me so. Well, as we see in the coming verses, there's going to be no doubt as Jesus really comes again. If there's any doubt as to whether Jesus has really come, He hasn't. He hasn't. The coming of Jesus will be of such a nature 
that all are going to know it. Every human being is going to know it. Both the saved and the unsaved, the whole world, will know that Jesus has come. Matthew 24, verse 11. I read a moment ago, many false prophets. And yet people believe anything somebody posts on Facebook. Am I right? Mm -hmm. now, I'm going to tell you today, Facebook is definitely not one of my major news sources. <laughs> I may read a lot of things on Facebook, but it's not what I base my understanding of truth on. Because these things were just written by somebody, weren't they? I can make posts on Facebook. You can. Matthew 24, verse 28. It says, Wherever the carcass is, there the vultures will be gathered. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. We know what it's talking about, don't we? You know what a vulture is. We have vultures here in Panama. I would wager that there's vultures all over the world. Jesus talked about them. And we know what it is to see those vultures circling. There's something dead out there. We can't smell it. We can't see it. But we can know because of what's happening, right? Now, in the King James Version, it says eagles there where it says vultures. And, and eagles don't gather like that. They don't do that. But I've seen vultures do that. Have you? If you've ever lived out in the country, for sure you've seen it. You've probably seen it here in, in Panama. But we know that something is dead because we see the vultures. And a modern saying that we have might give us the understanding of what this verse of Scripture is saying. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Have you ever heard that? When you see the smoke, you can pretty well guess that there's fire out there someplace, right? You see, as these things happen, you know that something is about to come about. You know that something is about to happen. Matthew 24, verse 29. It says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days. Let me read that again. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. What have you, we been looking at in 2 Thessalonians? Tribulation. A hard time on this earth. And it's coming. And he says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the celestial powers will be shaken. I don't have to elaborate on that. You can understand it. Immediately after the tribulation, there's going to be a great disturbance in the cosmos, in the sky. 
that we can see. It's like the whole universe is disrupted. And these upheavals in space will affect all that live on the earth. There's going to be earthquakes, hurricanes, tsunamis. Did I say hurricane right today, Wanda? I'm always pronouncing that word wrong. The earth hasn't seen things like that. Like they're going to be after the tribulation. Now notice it's after the tribulation. I don't think we have to worry about that. And I'll talk more about that in just a moment. But they're going to happen on this earth. And come that day, that great and awe-inspiring day of the Lord, Joel 2.31 talks about, the day of Jesus' return will be of such an event that great disturbances will affect the whole universe and this earth. I do believe these verses are quite literal, describing the things that are going to happen as Jesus comes again. The sun is going to go dark. The moon is not going to give us light. It's, in fact, one verse of Scripture says it's going to turn to blood or it's going to be red. The Old Testament mentions at least ten times these things occurring. These things are going to happen. All in conjunction with the day of the Lord. All in conjunction with His second coming. It's used at least six times in the New Testament. Again, in conjunction with Jesus' coming again. And it's inferred in other places as well. Dealing with the time of the end. The time when Christ is going to put an end to the things that have been going on in this earth since the beginning. Now, I believe these events that he's talking about here are probably going to last for a period of time, not just a moment, not just happening. But it's going to be spread out over maybe days. Hours at least. There's going to be no missing of these events by anyone, anywhere on the planet. People will be amazed and terrified seeing these things take place, these things happening. The believers who have been saved after the rapture will know and they're going to see these things from a perspective of the coming with Jesus. We're going to see it from the skies. And we're going to be with Him as He comes back after the tribulation. Now, as I mentioned a while ago, there is actually two aspects of Jesus' second coming. There's going to be the coming for His saints, and there's going to be the coming with His saints. 
And what we're talking about today is the coming with His saints. It's the coming for Him to put down all authority, all power, and set up His millennial kingdom. Matthew 24, verse 30. It says, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the people of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now when He comes for His saints, the whole world is not going to see Him. He's coming secretly. He's coming to snatch us away. He's coming to bring us to be with Him. But when He comes to establish His kingdom, every eye is going to see. And every tongue is going to confess everyone is going to recognize who Christ is. And it's at this time the signs of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Notice that? What is that sign? Well, the Scripture doesn't say what that sign is. But one commentator says something that, that I like. I think maybe this is the answer to it. He says it should read the sign that is the Son of Man. In other words, they're going to see Him. He appears. He is the sign. He's the final sign. And He's here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. Then we who are still alive and will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is as He comes for His saints. And then as He comes with His saints, He's going to set up His kingdom. And we're going to be with Him. As we think about these end times, does it sometimes feel like that as we're waiting for Jesus, as we're looking for Him to come again, and He is going to come? There's no question about it. Does it feel like we're stuck in traffic? You've been stuck in traffic somewhere in the world, haven't you? Had to wait. Even here in, in Panama, one time we were going to Panama City and... and uh, uh, there were some demonstrations going on on the highway down there. And, and we were there for a couple of hours, I think. Is that right, Wanda? For a while. I don't remember just how long. And we just had to wait. Stuck in traffic. Sometimes in Houston, you get stuck in traffic. Sometimes in Johannesburg, you get stuck in traffic. Sometimes in Nashville, you get stuck in traffic. Sometimes in Panama City, you get stuck in traffic, right? <laughs> Sometimes maybe even in Boquete or David. But as we're stuck in traffic, we need to be thinking about His return. Waiting on Him and knowing that He's in charge. 
It may seem like we're not seeing anything happen. It may seem like He's not coming back. But He is. And we need to look up. For He's coming soon. I really believe He's coming soon. Faith-filled waiting for the second coming is essential for our day and time, I believe. Especially as scoffers who are doubting His return get more vocal, get louder. We need to open our Scriptures and we need to see that even though they're saying all things continue as they were from the beginning of time. They haven't. And Jesus is going to come again just as surely as He brought the flood in Noah's day on this earth. Just as surely as He came the first time, He's coming again. We need to be ready. As our musicians come, we prepare for our invitation. And God may be speaking to you today about a decision that you need to make. Is it today that you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Have you trusted Him? Are you sure? Do you want to make sure today? I can show you from the pages of the Word of God what He says you must do in order to be sure of your salvation. Maybe there's other decisions that are needed. Maybe you're already a child of God, but you've never been scripturally baptized. You need to come for baptism. Maybe you need to move your membership here with us. Take your stand here with Hillside and dedicate your life to serving Him here in and through this church. Whatever your needs. As we sing our final hymn, let us stand together. And as we sing, would you make the decision God wants you to make?
want you to be seated for just a moment. We're going to have something a little different as we end up here today. I'm going to ask Wanda, if she will, to come up to the front. This is a surprise to her. She didn't know I was going to do this. What I want to say is that as we worked here together, I could have never, ever done what God called me here to do without her by my side. I could not I could Celeste, would you come? We're just about to turn everything over to your husband. And he's going to need you to stand by him. To play what? Still. I ask you to do that today. Are you willing to make that promise before? Get my <clears throat> thoughts collected just a minute. John, would you please come to the podium? John? Yes, sir. We're just about to turn this over to you. God has called you to do what I've taught you. To complete. And he's going to be with you. I know you're nervous. A little bit cautious, that's okay. Because we need caution. And I believe we need a little bit of nervousness sometimes in, in what we do that we might depend on God to do it through us and not depend on our flesh. Now, John is a great man of God, don't get me wrong. He is. And I have all the confidence in the world that he can come in and, and take the leadership and bring this church to a greater place than what we've ever seen. I really believe that's going to take place. I'm going to ask all of our ordained men to please come to the front. And as we see this transition take place today, I'm going to ask our leaders to turn the work over to our new pastor. And I'm going to ask you as ordained men, I'm, I'm going to, so I'm going to do the same, to lay our hands on John as a symbol that we're behind him. We're praying for him. Come on over here, Michael. And we're going to stand behind him and all that God is using him to do. So as we lay our hands on him, our Father in heaven, as we come to this place and this ministry, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for calling men into the ministry. Using men to accomplish good and great things for you. And Father, right now, we lift John up. 
We lift Celeste up as she stands by his side. And we pray that your blessings would continue with him. Help him to understand your leadership. Help him to make wise decisions. Help him to honor you as he leaves this church. And we all, as a congregation, pray for him to be able to stand before this congregation week after week and to be the man that God is using in this place. We know that that will happen. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all the people say, Amen. Okay, before we go, um, I'd just like to ask the old congregation if you would extend your hand, if you're comfortable with that, as a sign of your blessing upon these two precious people as they go. Father, we thank you for the body of Christ. Yes, Father. We thank you for the spirit that we share. Spirit of unity. Spirit of love. Thank you, Father, for what we can see in their lives. The fruit of the Spirit as they served you for these years. And as the congregation can testify that they have been helpful in their life. We thank you for the faithfulness. We thank you for the example. And as they leave, we pray, we want to bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We want to bless them with good health. Lord, you have another part in the vineyard for them to work. And I pray that you'll give them great wisdom to, to decide what, and that you'll lead them by the Spirit to the right thing. And that they will have a blessed time with their children and grandchildren. And we pray for one now. Lord, I pray for a surgeon with courage. Yes, Lord. And we pray that by your grace, the fire of the Spirit will sterilize this knee so that they can do the surgery without any infection. And that we will hear a good report back from the States and we can sign as a congregation give you glory and honor. Praise and worship for whom we serve, the living God, for whom nothing is impossible. We pray for safe travel and we pray for all the luggage to arrive at Nothing lost. And we bless your holy name. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.